Remember the good old days before Microsoft Word had autosave? You'd type up some important document and then your computer would freeze and you'd lose hours of work just because you forgot to hit save? Well, that's what it's like going online without ExpressVPN. Every time you're connected to an unencrypted network, whether it's in an airport, a hotel, a cafe, or anywhere, your online data is not secure. Any person on that same network who knows what they're doing can gain access to your personal data. Bank logins, credit card details, passwords, all the stuff you don't want people seeing. Unfortunately, hacking has become much easier than it used to be. People don't even have to be exceptionally skilled to do it, and there's a lot of money to be made by selling your information on the dark web. ExpressVPN stops hackers from stealing your data by creating a secure, encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet. It's incredibly easy to use. Once the app is running, you literally click one button to get protected. And it works on your phone, laptop, tablet, and more, so you can stay protected on the go. I've been using ExpressVPN for a little while now, and I can rest easy knowing my info is safe and secure. I've heard horror stories of people who've been hacked, and it sounds like a massive pain to try to get any resolution in the aftermath, so I am not interested in finding out what that process is like. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash slashfilm, and you can get an extra three months free. expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily for Monday, September 28th, 2020. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about the latest film and TV news. My name is Ben Pearson. I'm the senior writer at SlashFilm.com, and I am joined on today's episode by Slash Film writer Chris Evangelista. Oh, hello. That's me. <laughs> it is. It's just you and me on today's episode, Chris. Um, so let's go ahead and jump into the news. Uh, we did a water cooler episode last Friday. So we have some news to talk about that broke last week, which is uh, Zack Snyder is going to be shooting some more footage for his version of Justice League. Tell us about that. Uh, yes. Yeah, so even though um, very uh, vocal nerds on the internet spent years insisting that the the Snyder cut of the Justice League was done and just sitting around and waiting to be released. Uh, that's clearly not true. And Zack Snyder is now going to shoot additional scenes for the film. And he's supposedly bringing back uh, Ben Affleck and Henry Cavill and Gal Gadot and Ray Fisher to shoot new scenes. Although there are some conflicting reports that Henry Cavill is not shooting new scenes. Um, uh, also not shooting new scenes are Ezra Miller and Jason Momoa, who I guess don't have anything new to shoot. But uh, when all is said is done, it's going to cost around $70 million just to get all this new footage ready. And I have never been more disgusted in my life. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, just with the fact that, uh, you know, that could have been uh, that that amount of money could have funded, you know, uh, anything, literally anything. <laughs> You could okay. you, just think of the good things you could spend that 70 million on instead of a film that already came out years ago. And we all know it's just not that good to begin with. Just think of that. Um, okay. So I, I want to address something real quick before we move on to our next thing, which is I think we've gotten some email feedback in the past that when we've talked about uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League, that people have been disappointed with the way that we have uh, been talking about it. And like, you know, I, I, uh, I apologize to those listeners because we can't really change how we feel about something like the, you know, I, I just, I want to acknowledge that, you know, if you're one of the people out there who are really excited um, by the prospect of having Zack Snyder, you know, finish this movie and and turn it into a four part series on HBO Max and like do his thing, and you're finally going to get to see everything. I acknowledge that it must be frustrating to listen to us talk about it this way. It's just 
this is kind of how we feel about it. And there's not much we can really do to change that. I will say that, um, you know, I, I'm trying to not be uh, quite as negative as, as I have been about this. I, I didn't really care for the Justice League that existed, but I think maybe... $70 million, um, you know, as much as I agree with Chris that that uh, I would much rather that money go to fund a bunch of HBO Max originals like Unpregnant, which is a movie that I talked about a couple weeks ago on The Water Cooler and really, really enjoyed. And, you know, it was a relatively small budget and is a great movie. And um, I, I would love to see HBO Max sort of spread their wealth around and make new things. But if they are going to give Zack Snyder this opportunity to sort of like give people uh, his uh, untarnished vision of the thing, then I guess at least $70 million should get him closer to being able to deliver his untarnished vision of the thing. And maybe it won't just be as much of a rehash of the theatrical cut as we thought. So Chris, do you have any, um, you know, like, I guess grappling with the fact that, you know, uh, about how you feel of, uh, about Zack Snyder's filmography, um, and, and keeping all of that in mind, do you think that there's a chance that this, uh, amount of money for these reshoots will result in something that would be better than just essentially like re-editing the footage that already existed? I mean, sure. Yeah, that's, that's definitely possible. And I will, I'll, uh, I'll be, I'll give this a chance when it arrives. I'm just, I'm just very tired of hearing about it. Uh, we've been talking about this movie for years now and honestly think, yeah very few movies deserve this much attention let alone justice league i'm sorry it's just it's i think yeah for for people who you know are, are frustrated with the way that we talk about this stuff i think that you have to try to look at it from our angle and like think about um you know the, the fact that we have been talking about this for what three i mean probably going on like five years now if you factor in like the original development of the first theatrical version um and it's just as chris said an awful long time to talk about one movie and especially one that that <laughs> a lot a big portion of the slash film staff does not particularly care for um so yeah it, it, that's that's where we're coming from i hope that that sort of uh reframes some of this conversation i i you know i've liked many Zack snyder movies i i am I hope that you guys don't think that we're like out to get him or anything. I think more than anything, we're just sort of, uh, but you know, we've been beaten down by this consistent onslaught of news about this thing. It's happening. It's not, it exists. It doesn't, you know, all of this kind of stuff. So I think all of us will be happy when this is finally, you know, done. So we can actually just see the thing and judge it on its own merits. But, uh, that will be happening sometime in 2021 for, um, for Zack Snyder's Justice League. So let's move on to our next story, which is uh, Marvel Studios is developing a Nick Fury series for Disney+. Plus. And Samuel L. Jackson, Samuel L. Jackson is returning to star in this thing. So, uh, you know, this kind of feels like inevitable. Like, of course, this was going to happen. Um, you know, Samuel L. Jackson is has been around in the Marvel Cinematic, Cinematic Universe since the post-credits of the first Iron Man in 2008. So he's been in 11 of the 23 MCU movies. Uh, it certainly seems like Samuel L. Jackson as a performer would be, um, you know, somebody who, you know, I, I think he's spoken in the past about like how he wanted to be in more of the Marvel movies. So the, the idea that he's getting his own show sort of seems like a win for him. And um, I'm sure they'll be able to, uh, film it and and all of that stuff, and he'll be able to, 
you know, bask in the glory of playing this Nick Fury character uh, for <laughs> however many years longer into the future. Um, I guess we don't really know much about what the show is supposed to be about or even really who's involved with it other than Kyle Bradstreet, who is a, a writer and executive producer on Mr. Robot, is going to be writing and executive producing the show. Um, but uh, the last time we saw Nick Fury, spoiler alert, he was being impersonated by a scroll on Earth during the events of Spider-Man Far From Home. And then we realized that the real Nick Fury was actually hanging out on a spaceship with other scrolls, just sort of hanging out and taking like a space vacation. So uh, Chris, what do you think about the idea of a Nick Fury solo show? Uh, I mean, sure. You know, I, I like Samuel Jackson in general. I like him in this role. I do think it's been a while since the MCU gave Nick Fury a lot to do. Like, I know he was like a, like a supporting character in Captain Marvel, but it, it just felt like, you know, aside from the fact that the special effects looked really good at making him look young, he just felt like he was just sort of just there. Like you're just like hanging out like, yeah, I'm here too. <laughs> so I, I like the idea of giving Nick Fury more to do and, and you know, let him do his, his thing. Cause you know, it's great that they got Samuel L. Jackson for this role, but it really feels to me like after um, Captain America, the winter soldier, they sort of like stopped caring what Nick Fury does. Like he had such a great arc in that movie. And then after that, it was just like, yeah, he's still around. So I, I like the idea of them, giving him more to do assuming that's what they're doing Uh, yeah i feel the same way i I sort of think that like um nick fury's character was so tied to shield the organization like he was the head of that and and because shield sort of collapsed in the winter soldier with that came uh sort of a, a minimized role for nick fury like he basically became like a rogue agent in the mcu after that and sort of like you know popped up in more avengers movies and like was around on the fringes, but, but it never seemed like it seemed like the propulsion behind his character was lost when shield sort of went down in the movies. And I know that that organization sort of, uh, you know, kept existing in different forms because agents of shield is still set in the MCU. And and that show went on for years after uh, winter soldier, but in terms of like just the movies, the, the times that we've really seen Nick Fury shine, I totally agree. I, I hope that this show gives him a little bit more to do. And the whole space connection, there's evidently a, I didn't know about this, but there's evidently in the Marvel comics, an organization called sword that is sort of like the space version of shield um, where it's designed to protect the earth from galactic threats. So maybe Nick Fury will be either in charge of sword, or I, I would love to see him as like the, the second in command to a new person in, in that organization, like seeing, you know, that this guy who used to run the show being forced to answer to somebody, I think would be a way for um, Samuel L. Jackson to to play a different shade of that character. So um, I don't know. I mean, it's all very early and, and I'm speculating there. So we don't really know what the, the show is actually going to be about, but um, we will keep you posted when we learn more about that. So let's go to our next story, which is, uh, Chris, uh, uh, the potential return of a show that I think you're very excited about. Oh, yeah. So The Nick. The Nick was a show that ran on Cinemax, which no one really talks about that channel anymore, which is probably why the show didn't succeed. But it ran for two seasons. Uh, Steven Soderbergh, he didn't create it, but he directed every episode of those two seasons. Um, It was set in a fictional New York City hospital in 1900. And it's all about, you know, medicine changing and becoming more modern and all that good stuff. And it was just a gorgeous, unique 
uh, just great show. I think it's like one of the best shows of the 21st century, honestly. And it got canceled just because, you know, not enough people were watching it. Um, but uh, in a new interview with Steven Soderbergh, he says that um, Barry Jenkins, uh, the filmmaker, and Andre Holland, who starred in The Nick, and he also starred in um, uh, Steven Soderbergh's High Flying Bird, uh, are working on a potential season three. And not only that, but the show, um, this season three, whatever it's going to be, it already has a pilot episode written by Jack Emil and Michael Be- Begler, who uh, created the original show and wrote the episodes there too. So wow. pretty much everyone is involved with this, except Steven Soderbergh, oddly, oddly enough. He said um, in the interview that he, you know, he handed everything over to, to Barry Jenkins, basically. And Barry Jenkins is... is leading the way here. Um, it's not clear if Barry Jenkins is going to direct this the way Steven Soderbergh did in that if there was a bunch of episodes, he would direct all of them or it's not even clear if, if it's going to move forward or not. Like no one has picked this up yet, but at the, at the very least people, you know, fans of the show can take solace in knowing that there's a lot of behind the scenes movement going on here to make a third season or a reboot or a spinoff or whatever it might be happen. That's very exciting. I have not seen any of the Nick myself, but I'm a big Barry Jenkins fan. And I know that he just finished filming uh, the first season of the Underground Railroad, which is the show on Amazon that he's or it's coming to Amazon that he's been working on for a long, long time. Um, The idea of Barry Jenkins reuniting with uh, Andre Holland after the two of them work together on Moonlight is is really exciting as well. Mm -hmm. Um, As somebody who watched and really liked uh, the Nick, Chris, did the second season sort of feel like it uh, had a satisfying conclusion or did it feel like the show was canceled and that there's more story to tell here? Um, well, it, it's clear that they knew they were going to be canceled. So they do actually wrap things up in the second season, but they do it in this really like blunt, upsetting, twisted way that I don't think anyone saw coming. Um, so on one hand, I kind of like the way it ended because it ends on this really dark down note. At the same time, I'm definitely not against more. Um, the only thing that gives me I don't want to say pause here, but the only thing that makes me a little disappointed is that uh, Steven Soderbergh just isn't involved with this. You know, don't get me wrong. I love Barry Jenkins. I think Barry Jenkins is a phenomenal filmmaker. I'm always excited for new stuff for him. But, you know, the, the, those first two seasons are so wrapped up in Soderbergh's style just because he directed every episode that it's kind of like bittersweet to me that we might get more, but he might not be directing it. But, you know, I, you know, I guess beggars can't be choosers and uh, something new for Barry Jenkins is definitely not something to, you know, shrug off. So I'll, I'll watch either way. I just wish Steven Zerberg was still involved. Yeah. I think we just have to hope that it doesn't turn into like a, a true detective scenario where there's like a, you know, a one authorial voice in the first season or, or the, I guess in this case, the first couple seasons. And then the show sort of takes a, a drastic quality dip when, when somebody else comes in behind the camera. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, hopefully this gets picked up by somebody. I mean, I, I wonder if, you know, now that HBO Max exists and Cinemax is like, I, I don't know, the the corporate structure of um, Warner Media and HBO and HBO Max and Cinemax, which is all in the same sort of like family corporate umbrella, seems uh, complicated to me. And I'm not, <laughs> I don't know enough about like the inner workings of that company to know whether it would even be possible for somebody like, or, or an outlet like HBO Max to uh, pick up and continue that story or if there are like rights deals with people who run Cinemax or if it would have to come back on that channel or something like that. So uh, yeah. I don't know, maybe, maybe somebody will be able to do the 
the heart, you know, somebody in the, in the TV criticism world who reports on that stuff regularly, will be able to sort of unearth some of the, um, the secrets in that, in that category. But, uh, in the meantime, let's get a little update on James Cameron's avatar movies. So, you know, I mean, talk about movies that we've been talking about forever. Um, avatar two and avatar three are evidently almost done filming. So I just wanted to give you guys a brief update on this. Uh, uh, James Cameron was speaking with Arnold Schwarzenegger at the um, Austrian World Summit recently, and he was asked about the the status of the Avatar sequels. And he said, the day we deliver Avatar 2, we'll just start working on finishing Avatar 3. So where we are right now, I'm down in New Zealand shooting. We're shooting the remainder of the live action. We've got about 10% left to go. We're 100% complete on Avatar 2. And we're sort of 95% complete on Avatar 3. So Avatar 2 does not come out in theaters until December of 2022. So we still have more than two years before this movie is supposed to come out, even though the original one came out in 2009. So um, the fact that they're done with the uh, live action part is good. I think they've already finished, if if my... um, memory serves me correctly they've already finished the motion capture like performance capture stuff for the second movie so it seems like they're just going to be working on visual effects for the next couple of years um so maybe that means that this movie will look incredible when it finally does come out i certainly hope that's the case it better um, i mean <laughs> after all this i know um yeah I, i'm so curious about this and like you know, on one hand, like completely uninterested because I, I just think like so much time has passed. But on the second, the other hand, like I never want to underestimate James Cameron. So uh, it's, you know, we're going around in circles having the same conversations we've been having about this for years. But I just wanted to give people a quick update that like this is where Cameron is right now. Um, we do have more than two years left to go, but uh, it certainly sounds like, you know, it, it's not going to get delayed again for uh production reasons like maybe covid could cause another delay or something like that but it won't be oh the technology's not there yet you know whatever so uh yes there is your your brief avatar update uh, let's talk about real quick uh m night Shyamalan's new film so he has been uh hard at work on a movie that is supposed to be coming out next year and we didn't really know much about that movie at all until recently when he just uh, announced on Twitter that this film is going to be called Old, O-L-D. And he has released this cool looking teaser poster, which is basically like an hourglass with what looks like sand, you know, pouring down uh, from one side into the next. But if you take a closer look, the sand is actually bodies being hurtled downward into a, a pile, a pile of, of giant bodies. So uh, it, it says... Um, Old is the poster. July 2021 is the release date. The um, tagline is, it's only a matter of time. And uh, this uh, movie is going to be inspired by a French graphic novel called Sandcastle, which I have never heard of. Chris, have you ever heard of that? Have you ever read that? I have never heard of that, but boy, that is such a better title than old. I'm just going <laughs> to put that out there. Yeah. And even, you know, even Sandcastle is technically one word. Like even if if uh, M. Night Shyamalan is like going for like this one word thing with glass and, and unbreakable and all these, you know, one word titles that he likes so much. Maybe um, he didn't want it to be like a direct tie, like 
glass makes comes from sand. Oh. And he didn't <laughs> and he didn't want people to think this was connected to glass in any way. Yeah. Because Lord I knows I wouldn't want to have it be connected to that movie at all if I had made it. <laughs> yeah, glass was uh was very disappointing. Um, yes. So uh I yeah, I had never heard of this uh French graphic novel called Sandcastle before, but evidently it is about um a bunch of people going to this idyllic secluded beach. There are tourists there, there's a refugee uh, couple there, there's a family and um, it's basically this this sort of like, yeah, sheltered beach and a woman's body is found floating in the waters. And these 13 people who are, are together on the beach have to unravel the riddle of the sands and escape the beach alive in a tense, fantastical mystery. So this movie, Old, is not a direct, um, I guess, adaptation of Sandcastle, but it's going to be sort of inspired by that. So I guess the what we can gather is that M night Shyamalan's new movie is going to be about a group of people finding a dead body on a beach and figuring out what the hell is going on, how it happened, you know, whether they're all in danger. This has a really good cast. Um, uh, Eliza Scanlon, Thomas and McKenzie, Alex Wolf, um, Vicky Cripps, a bunch of other people are, are in this movie. So you can read about that. You can read more about the project at the link in the show notes. But um, Chris, as a big M. Night Shyamalan fan, I know that you, you know, you being a Philadelphia adjacent and, and being a, a big supporter of Shyamalan's previous work, what do you think about the idea of him opening up his uh, scale a little bit and, and, you know, going out into the light and making a beach movie. Yeah. I'm very curious. You know, um, I, I'm a big fan of M night. Um, I like a lot of his movies that people don't like except glass, which, which was really bad and really upset me and made me kind of like question the support I've given him over the years. I've been like, I like, I remember seeing that and being like, have I been wrong this entire time? And he actually is a bad filmmaker, but I don't think he is. I think he is actually a legitimately good, sometimes great filmmaker. And he definitely has a few misses, but he has a lot of, you know, hits as well. So I'm always up for new stuff from him. You know, even if the thing that came before it was disappointing, you know, I've been here before, you know, I didn't like uh, lady in the water. I didn't, I didn't even bother to see after earth, but you know, he, he bounced back and I think he can bounce back again. Awesome. All right, let's move on to our, uh, our final story of the day. And that is about the black Adam movie that stars Dr- uh, Dwayne, the rock Johnson. And this movie has found another actor to join its cast. Chris, tell me about that. Uh, yes. Aldous Hodge, who, uh, was in the invisible man earlier this year. And he's also in, um, one night in Miami, which should be out this year as well, has joined the cast. Uh, he's going to be playing a Hawkman, um, who is a member of the justice. Hold on. I have it in front of me. Society. I think yes. The justice society. Uh, basically, uh, a quick, quick rundown. Black Adam is, is sometimes a hero, sometimes a villain. He's sort of like an anti-hero. Um, he, he's connected to Shazam, you know, the wizards who gave Shazam his power gave black Adam power as well, but black Adam abused it. So the wizards locked him up in a prison, uh, presumably forever. But in the black Adam movie, black Adam breaks out of this prison and the justice society, uh, assembles to stop him. And so, uh, Hawkman is in that society and uh, I forget who else Noah Centennial is playing Adam Smasher, whoever the hell that is. And then Cy- <laughs> Cyclone and Dr. Fate are the other members of the society. But um, uh, those roles haven't been cast yet. Uh, the only ones that have been cast have been Adam Smasher and now Hawkman, who is played by Aldous Hodge. So what do you think about this? Aldous Hodge jumping into, what is this, the, the DCEU, I guess? Yeah. Um, I think he's a really good actor. He's one of those actors, every time I see him, I'm like, 
any day now, he's going to be like a huge star. And I feel like this plus the invisible man plus one night in Miami, which isn't out yet, but he's really good at it. I think are going to go a long way to making him like a very big star. Cause he's very good. He's very charismatic. He's a good looking guy. So <laughs> I, I have, I have no complaints about this. I, I, I want only the best for Aldous Hodge. He's on a Showtime series that I want to say is called City on a Hill. Um, and I think Kevin Bacon is in it too. I, I don't remember if that show has even been like uh, renewed for a second season, but I remember writing up a trailer for it like within the past year or two. Right. Um, he's, so, he's, sorry again. Oh, I was just, I, I, I was wondering if you'd seen that show, if you knew anything about that. I have not. I have not seen a lot of his, I mean, he's, you know, it's not like he's a new actor. He's been in a lot of stuff, but it feels like he's slowly becoming like a bigger and bigger star. Every, every other role he takes, he was also on like underground, which is another show I didn't watch. He was on the blacklist, which is a show I didn't watch. Uh, yeah, but, um, he's been on the walking dead. So it's not like he's like a new actor, but he's, I think he's like on his way to becoming like a movie star is what I'm saying. Nice. Uh, okay. And then real quick, before we go, tell me about Hawkman. Like what, what do you know about that character? Because I, you know, as somebody who has not read um, any DC comics in a long, long time, that character just, uh, you know, I've seen the pictures of, of a guy wearing a mask and having wings, but like, I don't really know anything about that character. What do you, <laughs> what do you know about Hawkman? So basically there've been several Hawk Hawkman over the years. Um, but primarily uh, Hawkman is a character who uses this very special metal to make these wings that allows him to fly. Uh, and in some, in, our, in some incarnations, the character is like an archeologist who sort of like discovers this ancient metal that he, he uses to make his, his wings. Uh, I'm really not sure which version they're going to use for the movie because there are, there are a lot to pick and choose from. So that Hawkman. sounds cool. An archaeologist who find like Brendan Fraser in the mummy, just like discovering a Wings. new metal and, and being like, all right, yeah. I can be a superhero. That's I'm, yeah. I'm down for that. Sure. Uh, all right. So that that's black Adam. And, um, when, when the hell is that movie supposed to come out? Do we know? I know. Oh, July. T- um, no, I have a wrong thing open. This is the M night Shyamalan movie. That's July 23rd, 2021. Uh, this doesn't, I, I don't think it has even, yet. Like, I don't think they've shot anything for it yet. No, they right? have Because, okay, so production hasn't started, so who knows? I mean, it could be a couple ah, years. All right, here we go. Something. December 22nd, 2021 is the tentative release date as of now. That could always okay. change. All right, so so before Avatar 2 then. Yes. <laughs> Good to know. Good to know. All right, uh, I think that's going to bring us to the end of today's episode of Slash Film Daily. You can find more about all these stories that we talked about at the uh, links in the, in the show notes. And of course, you can go to slashfilm.com and read all the good stuff that we have publishing for you there every single day. I highly encourage you to do that. It helps us uh you know keep the lights on yeah. uh go to go to the site read it click around you know we're constantly doing stuff so uh check it out i, I implore you um slash film daily is published three times a week bringing me the most exciting news from the world of movies and tv as well as deeper dives into the great features you can find on the site you can subscribe to the show on itunes google podcasts overcast spotify all the popular podcast apps and send your feedback questions comments and concerns to us at peter at slashfilm.com make sure to leave your name and general geographic location in case we mention your email on the air um don't forget to rate and review the podcast on itunes tell your friends spread the word about the show thank you so much for listening and we will talk to you guys on wednesday